All right, welcome. My name is Justin Edmonds. Thank you for coming to the most boring workshop that there is out there today. Um, so workflow, uh, I'll start with this. Uh, this topic was not something that I picked. It was something that I was asked to speak on. Um, and honestly, I deal with workflow a lot, but I've never really put tons and tons of thought into like a full structure until being asked to speak about this. So I'm gonna refer to a lot of my notes because I took a bunch of notes down so that I didn't like miss things. Um, so I guess, first of all, can I, I, Scott, you were here last time. I'm super into like, give me some feedback. Let's talk questions. If I say something that doesn't make sense, just throw your hand up and say, whoa, 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 whoa pause, pause, pause. Um, Cause I want this all to make sense and I wanna have some dialogue. So don't feel like you can't interrupt me. Uh oh. What, what was your name? Nate. Okay, Tardy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started teaching a class in high school this year, so I get to write all the tardies down. It's been really weird <laughs> being called Mr. Edmonds for the first time in my entire life. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, so what you missed is throw out questions if I say something you don't like or you're confused or, you know, maybe throw an amen if you do really like it. Um, so, and I'm going to be referring to my notes a lot because this is not a topic that I talk about often. So, um, what is service flow? What do you guys think? That's a genuine question. What do you think service flow is? So is that order of service though? I feel like service flow is looked at order of events. Like how do I, you know, set my service up? I think that it's more in-depth than that. I think there's more to it than that. I think that service flow starts at the planning level. Monday morning, you know, service just got done. We start Monday, and we're going to start planning for the next Sunday, right? And how everything that goes into that as that goes through. So, um, so I kind of came up with about 13 steps that I think that I would take uh, starting, and I do have a blog post that I'm going to be releasing on my website about all with all 13 of these steps, and then a couple of videos that I've made on my YouTube channel that kind of coincide with some of the steps. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'll make videos for all 13, but you know, you never know. So um, I think most everything that we do has some level of technology that touches it as well. So I think that that's why they asked the tech guy. So this is kind of like production-ish, um, but you know, things that go into this are like preparing for, you know, our live stream, our worship sets, you know, all those kind of things. So a lot of it is that. So that's why I've been asked to do this. So I guess let's uh, let's dive in. And I guess the first thing that I would say before any of our steps is that when it comes to service flow when we're actually talking about the physical Sunday morning service, I would highly, highly suggest that you pick one person to be in charge of how that service is going to flow. That doesn't mean that they're actually like writing and making the decision, but like the decisions that have been made are handed to that person and they're responsible for executing that flow. And that nothing gets to change without that one person knowing. Because there's nothing worse than having you know, a million people making decisions. So, and that doesn't have to be one person for every single Sunday, but maybe it's like a group of people and there's a position that that, you know, that gets assigned every Sunday so that everything can kind of flow smoothly and there's someone always knows everything that's going on at every level of everything. A point person, the top of that funnel. Project 
Right, project manager, exactly. So, all right, so step number one, cast, casting the vision. I think that the biggest thing the church lacks for some reason when it comes to a service flow of any sort is lack of vision. They just assume that everyone knows what's going on and that's where frustration comes. I'm so huge on casting vision. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Why are we doing it? What are we here for? So the vision is that, hey, we're trying to create blank style of atmosphere. Your team has decided that this is what our Sunday morning is gonna look like and this is how our weekly situations are going to look moving forward. Uh, so I think that step one is casting the vision so that the entire team knows exactly what to expect and when to expect it, right? Um, step number two would be who is speaking and on what? I think that that's the next step is that the majority of everything that we're going to do is based off of what the message is going to be. And when I say why I think this is the next step is that there's multiple things that go into this. The worship leader will probably would like to know what this message is about. Maybe there's specific songs that they would like to play to set an atmosphere and set up the pastor. Um, the, the band selection, maybe those songs, then, you know, you have some artists that are probably a little bit better than other ones to play those songs. Or, you know, Joel does not know how to play this song. He messes up every single time. So we don't want to have Joel playing these songs that we've chosen because of that. And, you know, those kind of things kind of tumble down. Uh, because of COVID, most of us are probably live streaming of some sort. So we want to give our team enough time to create thumbnails and things like that for our YouTube videos uh, so that we can advertise for that and share that, those things. So there's this level of all of these things that can kind of fall in place that once you know who is speaking, which I mean, for most of you is probably the same person over and over, but just getting the title and a short description. That doesn't mean the pastor has to have the entire sermon written out on, you know, on Monday or Tuesday, but just knowing, hey, do you have an idea of what you're going to be talking on? Maybe a title for your message. Um, so I think the other thing, the reason why that comes into play for me is that there's a study that was done a while ago, and it says that about 85% of people make their weekend plans by no later than Thursday. And so if you don't know who is speaking or why they're or what they're speaking on by Thursday, now imagine this conversation. Hey, you should come to church with me on Sunday. Why? Who's speaking? What are they speaking on? I don't know, but it's going to be good. Uh, that's not very convincing, right? Now, if you get the idea of, oh, Pastor so-and-so speaking, and it sounds like uh, from what I've read is that he's going to be speaking about how in Galatians, Paul says that, you know, we were crucified with Christ. We were raised again, and like God sees us with no sin. It's going to be really interesting. I really am excited. Oh, yeah, that actually sounds pretty interesting. I'd like to go and listen to that. So like now you have an invite tool as well because of that title and short description that's been created ahead of time, right? So now we're able to invite people, it intrigues them, brings them in. Um, yeah, so moving on. So step number three, now that we have the information for the team to work on, worship gets to communicate to the band and tech team. It's really important. So I think the, the communication between everyone at that point is going to be the next biggest thing. If you have any sort of lighting design, we get to choose now that, Hey, these are the songs that are prepared. So like everyone kind of is able to prepare a little bit earlier and worship team picks the songs, and then the tech team gets to, A, listen to those songs and start preparing for those songs. How are those songs mixed? Those kind of things. You know, do we want to do different lighting schemes? You know, do we, how, 
all of the tech side kind of comes into all of that. We get to break all of that down uh, and we get to be more prepared. Um, I get to listen to the songs throughout the entire week and go, oh, there's a guitar solo here that I never realized was there. Oh, we're actually going to be doing the elevation version of it. Oh, we're going to be doing the upper room version of it. I mean, there's usually like five or six different versions of songs and, you know, everyone kind of waits. So it's just kind of tumbling down and just like getting the team, getting the AV team and the worship team on the same page and like communicating, I think, is that next step. And having like, even if it's just a quick little five second phone call or a couple text messages back and forth. Um, but I think that that would be the next step that I would do. Uh, step four, I have as enter everything into planning center. Who's using planning center? Who's not using planning center? Planning center is a service flow software. So it's planning center is software that allows you to put everything in, schedule everyone. It's kind of a central location. It does more than that, but that's kind of its foundation. Um, how are you guys writing out your orders of service right now? Through uh, our... Just like a word? Okay. We have the same, In a bulletin? We have the same order of service every week. Okay. So, yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, when I say planning center, that's kind of like the big one. Most people are using that. Whatever software you're using, whether that's the bulletin or PowerPoint, same kind of service. Well, making sure everything's in there. And when I say what's everything that's in there is that, like, I am a detail person. I want so many details that I'm ignoring things rather than wanting to ask a million thousand questions of who's doing what, one's doing what. So what I've asked people to do in, in our service for our planning center is I asked the worship band, hey, can you please make sure when you put your four songs in that in the notes of that song, you tell me who's leading that song so that I don't actually have to click on the individual song and then dive in and see. Like it's just literally like it lays it out on the little app. And I like that because my camera guy then knows who's leading that song. They know that they're going to switch from the person that's been leading for the first two songs to the person that's going to be leading the third song type thing. It also just gives, you know, a little bit of able to just scroll through something really quick, not dive into details. But then I want to be able to dive into more details. Uh, but we also do announcements the same kind of way. In notes, hey, I want to have all the announcements up there. And I want those announcements put into Planning Center so that whoever's announcing them knows what they are. That's the biggest frustration that I always have is when someone walks up and goes, yeah, and for the announcements, we're talking about the women's ministry. Do we have a slide for that? <laughs> you know? Um, so they know nothing about it. They, you know, they think that that's the women's ministry slide that's supposed to be up there, but the women's ministry wasn't even part of this, <laughs> you know, schedule for this week because we're not talking about it or it already happened. Um, the other thing is like the details, uh, about some of those things, like we'll kind of keep going on with the women's ministry thing. Uh, at my church, we have, you know, the guys that do the announcements sometimes they have no idea what's going on with the women's ministry because they're not paying attention to it because they're not going to it. They don't have, you know, anyone that's going to whatever. And so like having some of the details of like, Hey, the women's ministry is doing a conference or they're having a guest speaker or whatever the, you know, those details are in there so that they can look at that and go, Oh, great. Okay. So Thursday women meet so-and-so is going to be speaking. I don't know who she is, or they can go and say, hey, who is this person? What do you know? Like, what, you know, give me some information. It gives them the ability to know that there's another question that they might need to ask if that information isn't in there. So it's just like getting some of those kind of details down there so that that way we also look prepared. Questions so far? In your planning center, I know some people 
Well, I when I attended one church, they would actually, I mean, they had they had it all timed out, like the songs would take this long and the preaching would take this long. Do you necessarily stick to that timing schedule, or is it? So that comes later okay. in the conversation. So I will answer that. Um, is this all kind of making sense? Mm-hmm. Pretty. It, this is pretty basic. It's just sometimes I just have to flush things out that are really simple because usually the simplest things are the, the other way. So, all right, cool. I'll keep going. Uh, so step number five, it's Sunday morning and I encourage a full worship and creative arts team meeting. So for some of you that may be only like three or four people, for some of you that may be 10, 15, 20 people, um, there is a lot that goes into this. And a lot of times, and when you're a smaller church, it's less of a divide. But as you start to get bigger, there tends to be a bit of a divide between the worship team and the tech people. And I've experienced that firsthand. And, you know, some of it is, you know, I've been spoken very poorly to by worship people. I've been told that I'm there to serve them. I only push buttons and push faders, and that's all I do. Like, I'm not as good as them because they're up leading worship. And, you know, in my younger days when I was told that, I didn't handle that well, and I just muted everything and walked away and said, have fun. <laughs> so, you know, not the best way to handle that, but like I said, I was younger. Um, but <coughs> what I had to realize is we had, a, we had one service that I worked at, because the church I worked at, and we started working together, and we started meeting together, and both of our teams would get together, and we would just, between me and the worship pastor, would go, hey, this is the plan for today. This is how things are going to go. Here's the songs we're singing. Here's who's leading it. Um, then, when, you know, we just go through a whole service flow so that everyone knows when they're supposed to be back up there, all those kind of things. Then we would pray together as a team. The other thing that we did is I made my guys help the band set up their instruments and stuff like that. And the worship pastor made his worship band help us tear down microphones at the end of the night, stuff like that. And so we were like serving each other. Um, But yeah, so meeting first thing in the morning, let's go through everything. Let's get all on the same page. You know, again, it's just a lot of like, let's create as much unity as we possibly can. Okay. So this is the, the side note that I had was there are two different types of planners and I've worked with both of them and they're both very frustrating for different reasons. I had a worship pastor that his literal statement to me was, man, I don't want to put anything in place. And we're just going to let the spirit flow. We're just going to do whatever the spirit wants us to do. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> then I had another worship pastor was like, no, 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 no. If it's not in playing center, we ain't doing it. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, okay, okay. Can we be like somewhere in the middle? Like, you know, in scripture, it says that our God is a God of structure and not of confusion. And so I believe that having everything in play and center and having a plan, being prepared is what God wants us to do. But I do believe that the spirit wants to be, let us move out of that. But then if we don't have a plan to come back to, people get confused of where do we go from here? Okay, so I want to be as planned out and as ready as possible and as willing to let the spirit move us and change our direction, but then always having that rubber band being able to bounce back to where we were. So... I think that it depends, to answer your question, I think it depends on how rigid you want to be. You know, there are some churches that have two services. 
you know, and they're doing video or they're doing TV show. Uh, I know that there's a lot of churches now that are doing second campuses where the video of the main campus is being sent to another campus. They have a worship band, but then their pastor is just on a screen. That's a really popular thing now. And they have to be a little bit more timed out to make sure that everything kind of flows together. So I think that that will depend on you. I think that there's respect levels that have to be everywhere. So if you're a worship pastor and you like to just free flow, like you need to understand what is okay with pastor and what is not okay with pastor. And I think that's the biggest thing is just like having that respect. And then again, that comes from casting vision. You know, like I've had services where the pastor comes up to me and says, hey, just so you know, I'm about to head up on stage because I really feel like the spirit wants us to keep worshiping. And he'll walk up and say, hey, I think we need to worship. And the band takes a couple seconds and they figure it out you know, type thing. And then I've had worship pastors where they just talk and they just go on and on and on and they don't read the room. And the whole room's like, are we done with the worship yet? And like, the, you know, he's up there doing his whole thing and ever like the whole room is just cold. So I think it's just like, you have to read it and I think you have to play with it. Um, but like I said, you know, like that order, I think is something that God wants us to do. But I think we need to be able to move within reason, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that answer that yeah. question? Any other questions about that, Elliot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed, 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of different things. So, like, we used to, we used to have, yeah, we used to have, well, because we had, the church that I worked at had like three or four services on Sunday morning. So like we were kind of semi on a time like strain. So we ended up just getting like a little like light that was yellow and then red. So it was like, hey, the yellow light indicates you got about 10, 15 minutes, probably wrap it up. If it goes to red, that means you got like five minutes, like end, you know, or like we're going to essentially kick you off. And so, like, we'd go red, and there on occasion people would go over, but usually most people go over, like, five, ten minutes. Uh, we have had pastors that, like, were like, all right. And I've literally watched other pastors go up there and just cut them off because it's like when you're talking, like, an hour over, you know, limit, like, you know, it's, like, silly. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Any other questions before we move on? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that comes into, like, obviously, like, people can always not be what you expect, but, like, bringing people in that you know are going to respect you. Like, I've been in services where it's like, like I said, like, the spirit just hits, and it's like, okay, I guess we're going to keep going. You know, like, we've done, I've done, been a part of baptism services where it's like, Spirit just starts hitting people, and they're like, all of a sudden, like, oh, another person's getting baptized. Oh, another person's getting baptized. And it's like, okay, well, what do we do? We have another service that's starting. Like, we did baptisms into the start of worship for our next service. And, like, they just kept baptizing people. Like, and so they had another 30 minutes. But we didn't stop doing what we were doing. We just let it flow. We figured it out. But, yeah, like, what you're talking about, like, that's a little bit different. You have a guest speaker that comes in, speaks for an hour over their time. I probably would have just cut them off. And then said, hey, listen, like, that's super disrespectful. You know, like, it's not like you went five or ten minutes over. Like, you just, like, went on and on and on. 
Um, and again, I think that's one of those, like, I feel like you should know that type of person, that person. And it's like, maybe that was like a weird, strange thing, but I feel like the chances of that are probably slim. So maybe they didn't know him. Maybe a little bit more vetting would be uh, appropriate. So I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. We had that. It was the guy's first time preaching. He came in way over prepared. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so a lot of people like if you use proper. Right. And I, I think that that's a different scenario where it's like, you know, yeah, they didn't realize because I mean, I, I've talked where I'm like, I think the last time uh, I spoke here, I was like, yeah, this is probably gonna be like 10 minutes. And I was like 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, I actually was able to speak the whole time. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a different scenario where it's like, yeah. you know, just, hey, let's guide this. Um, I know like if you're using ProPresenter software, like you can get confidence monitors that the software will feed and it has a timer. So it's like, it's easier to kind of keep people, especially people like that, where it's like, they're not used to keeping track of time. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's been 45 minutes. Like I'm only like on point one of my seven points, you know? So it's like, I think there's a level of that. And that kind of comes from some of these other points that I'm gonna say is like making sure people know what to expect and what's going on and being able to like identify, hey, you have this amount of time. Hey, you gotta wrap it up, you know? Or a pastor sitting in the front row going, you know, it's, it's time to go, you know, play some Kenny G. Let's get this guy off here. <laughs> um, all right. So at this point, I think we're going to move on. So we're on step six and I've broken step six into a couple different uh, points. Uh, we're going to start sound check. And I think sound check is going to be the most important thing um, of our tech rehearsal preparation before like service goes. And I have on here, who do I want at the actual sound check slash like practice before service? I want obviously the entire band, worship leader. I want the front of house mixer, the person that's doing audio. I also want lyrics. The person that's gonna be running lyrics, I want them there. Um, and I'll explain why I want them there. Camera people, I personally like camera people be there. And that I think will depend on how early your worship practices versus when service starts. Because like if for me, my church currently, we're a portable church. So we set up every Sunday morning. So my video people, like the guy that I took over for who just became my volunteer, got super frustrated with me because we start at 10 o'clock and I asked him to be there at eight o'clock. And he gets there at nine o'clock when I'm not there because he thinks it's stupid to be there at eight o'clock. But I will tell you, every single time he shows up at 9 o'clock when I'm not there, guess what's happening? It is 9.55, and he's going, why is this not working? Why is this not working? Why is this not working? And I go, this is why I want you here at 8 o'clock. I understand that sometimes you will end up standing around for 30 minutes, but you're also not having an anxiety attack while you're trying to figure out why something's not working. Technology is not really designed to be set up and tore down, and you know it's not like you're a pro AV person. So it's like, most of the time it's also super simple to fix, but he, I'm not there and he doesn't want to call me because I'll go, why didn't you figure this wasn't working like 30 minutes ago? <laughs> so, um, so I say that to say with camera people, it kind of depends. They can be there. They can't be there. doesn't really matter to me, especially if you guys are permanently set up and everything's just turning on and it's functional. Um, all right. So step six, a, so this is the first kind of breakdown of that. Um, Everything gets set up, band help the audio people, we kind of talked about that. Make sure that they have what they need. Uh, and then it, show, it shows it's respect, we kind of talked about that. Um, and then we wanna do, so we're going through and making sure everyone has what they need, sorry, just wanna clarify that. 
making sure that the band members all have headphone extensions, headphones if they're using in-ear stuff, making sure the guitar picks are found, making sure the power is done, making sure that everything's plugged in, um, being able to make sure that it's plugged in right. I am a big proponent of I want my musicians to set their own stuff up, but I want to go and check it because I've had too many guitar players plug into the through instead of the in. You know, and then we're in sound check trying to figure out what's broken when it's not really broken. So uh, we're there more just to hold hands and create community and unity. Uh, step 6B is the actual um, line check. So what is a line check? Does everyone know what a line check is? So line check is literally checking the line. So like, let's say you have drums, keys, bass, acoustic, and say four vocalists. We're going to go through and check and make sure that the audio person has Every single channel that he's supposed to have, we're going to check it, make sure it's functioning. Uh, that's a line check. Um, so this is going to affect, and the reason why we want to do this is we want to check for front of house. We want to check for people's, the band's ears or their monitors, which one, whichever one they have. If we have broadcast audio, we want to make sure that they're getting things and they're getting them at the correct levels so that, you know, again, this is where the video people probably should be here if you're doing that separately. Honestly, you can, most audio consoles nowadays, you can do both from the same thing. So even if they're mixing with an iPad, they should be able to go somewhere and listen to it. Um, and then making sure you're able to find anything that's broken or failing. You know, the last thing we want is like a crackly cable, you know, that we didn't check and, you know. Right, yeah, or yeah, the practice has to stop because the lead guitarist who everyone follows has to stop and replace the battery because they can't hear them. Um, this is super important, and not a lot of people do this, you know. And I think that the line check, usually, especially for people that have everything set up, it, honestly, the line check will probably take like four or five minutes, you know, because it's like, cool, kick drum, boom, boom, yep, I got it, you got it, great, awesome, move on, hit that snare for me, boom, 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 yep, I got it, you got it, cool, awesome. The other thing is, is that it helps people's ears because what I what I discovered was that musicians. When we don't do line check, then that ends up extending our practice time because they're like, I just can't hear this person. Okay, this way they can sit there. And what I implemented was, hey, give me a thumbs up when you're good with the thing that we're checking, okay? And the band may stand there for a minute or two with their thumb up, but then that way I know so that later on when they're like, can you not hear what's going on here? Because like you're not following anyone and now we're frustrated because everyone's messed up and no one's everyone's confused. Well, yeah, well, I can't, can't really hear them. Well, why not? Well, I didn't, didn't check it. Okay, this way I know for a fact, and it just streamlines things, makes things go quicker. You know, give me a thumbs up. Yep, you're good with the bass? Sweet. Keys is done? Great. Awesome. All right, I've got six hands. Awesome, let's move on to the next thing. Um, super important. That all makes sense? Sweet. All right, so 6C is the last thing. So lyrics, why do I want lyrics there? I want lyrics there for a couple of different reasons. I am big on presentation, and my mantra for my business and my podcast and my YouTube channel is enhance, don't distract. Technology should always enhance what we're doing, should never distract. I will be teaching that class tomorrow if you'd like to join us. Uh, lyrics, I believe in this scenario, if we take and strip down everything, and we're just talking about worship band being up there, and then for us to follow along with the songs you're singing. If lyrics don't know the order of the song, and I am trying to sing along, and I don't know the words, and I'm in the congregation, and the wrong words are up there, I'm confused, I'm completely pulled out, and I'm disconnected, because I can't sing something I don't know, and it's wrong up there. 
So I want them to be there and I want them to put the songs in order. If you're using ProPresenter or Proclaim or a lot of those softwares, they have a way of putting the songs in order. So, hey, we're gonna sing verse one here, then we're gonna sing pre-chorus and so on and so forth. Or on like PowerPoint, you can do the same thing, just order, order the slides. Um, the other thing that I like to do, I take the next step forward on that and I like to know when they're performing the song, because let's let's call it what it is, it's a performance, and if there's lulls in the song, just throw a blank slide in there. You know, because like there's nothing, you know, like that still pulls you out, like if the last lyric is still up there or the next lyric comes in and you know, you're like two seconds in worship set, like it seems like such a short period of time until you're in it and you're like, okay, so when are we gonna say this song? When are we gonna say that lyric? You know, like, and you kind of like it pull, kind of pulls you out, but if it's not up there, then you kind of like have the understanding. I don't know. It's maybe that's just my ADD brain where I just don't want to read lyrics that aren't going to be up there for three or four seconds. Um, the other level of that that I that I really would suggest is just getting the lyrics set how it's being sung. So not just that space, but like you have like a chorus, and it's like the first three words of this line are you know mashed up with the last line. And it's like, just break that down. Maybe that comes on two slides. You know, verse one, it's maybe on four or five slides to make it flow the way it's actually saying. And I think that those things are, it's like seem kind of silly and people kind of scoff at me, but I'm like, until they do it. And then everyone goes, oh yeah, that flew, that flowed really, really smooth. And like, I felt like I was able to read along, you know, with them, like I was doing karaoke almost. And then they go, okay, yeah, I'll start doing that all the time. And then the thing is, is like, think about this. How many songs are we actually singing in our church consistently? Probably 30-ish, right? Consistently. You know, like those, those 30 change over time, but like at a single, like, you know, chunk of time, 30 to 50. So it's like once we get, you know, how great thou art done, we probably don't have to touch it ever again, right? You know, and once we get the song done, it's probably never going to change. And then if it does change or you have different worship leaders, if you're using like ProPresenter, you can do arrangements per worship leader. So you can literally just say, hey, Joe's leading this week and he leads the song this way. And you pull it up and it rearranges the song for you. I did not realize you could do all of that. Yep, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so, and I'm a big fan of blank slides. Blank slides, blank slides, blank slides. So if there's a lull in the song where no one's singing or anything, an instrumental, anything like that, just throw a blank slide in there. I honestly sometimes will throw blank slides in verses because there's just enough of a lull between part of the verse and the next part where even if it's just like a deep breath that they take, it just makes it flow and it feels like you're flowing just like they're flowing with their vocals. Or even in the bridge, do you one in the bridge when they're I think it just kind of depends. Like how how does it flow? You know, like I want lyrics to be up there when they're singing them. I don't want them up there when they're not singing them. Okay. You know, like there's, and sometimes you have to make a judgment call where it's like, okay, that lull is just long enough to feel kind of uncomfortable, but it's not long enough to put a blank slide in. And sometimes I've literally gone blank next and it just feel, it flows that way. And I don't have a problem with that, but it just like, it's long enough, you know, yeah. it's a judgment call at that okay. point, but that's just kind of some of my... And again, my ADD just kind of goes crazy. <laughs> right, I'll have a break in the slide and just take longer to switch from one slide to the next instead of throwing in a blank when everyone's just... Yeah. And again, that becomes a judgment call type yeah. thing. So. Doing it or whether you have various volunteers. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think that that's a really good point is like you have to know your volunteers. 
So I try and tell my volunteers like, hey, listen, like when they're on like the last word of that slide, go to the next one. Because there's about like that transition time, like it's always kind of behind. And especially when, you know, when I'm here and go, oh God, what's that song? Oh, okay, cool. Like I don't want to like have to try and figure out where I'm at and if it's delayed and it's not the right, you know, yeah. So that all makes sense. <laughs> We're running the slides. Don't look at the computer screen. Look at the projector that they're looking at, because otherwise they tend to, they can see the next slide that's coming, and then they forget that it's canned. So then they're hitting it, and it's like watching a lyric video that like brings it up, and you you miss the first word because it's already being sung, right? See, and I don't tell people to do that. So like, do you guys use ProPresenter? Yeah. Okay, so like in ProPresenter, like you have the slide and it's lit up. That's the slide you're on. I say like follow along. Like don't just sit there and wait for that last word to be saying. Like don't pay attention to that. Like sing. Like that's one of my next steps is like be a part of what's going on. Worship yourself. Know where you're at and like put those lyrics up almost essentially how you would want them to be up in front of you as you're going. Yeah. want them thinking about, I don't care which one they look at, just for the way at least start is like, Look at yeah. that screen because that's what everyone is seeing. So when you get to the end of that and you need to know the words to the next thing, that's when you push the right. button. Usually, like, yeah. yeah, and we're never going to make it perfect, but I would say that being there during practice, you will solve 90% of those issues. And like, because like the hope is, is that the worship team will just go through the whole set or at least the song and they might like make stops and go, okay, Hey, we really like this. We didn't like this, you know, make sure you're hitting that, you know, whatever, um, thing, but they're able to go through the entire song and you can kind of flush most of those issues out, you know, especially, I don't know, my worship band and leader like to like throw curveballs and go, Hey, I know that the song is done like this, but we're going to add this bridge over here where it's not supposed to be. And if it's just, if you're just sitting there looking and it's like, okay, I'm confused now because they started singing the first part of verse two and then they skipped to the second part of verse two. It, ah, like, where am I at? You know, or the verses start the same, you know, because we have some of those songs that like the first line is the same in all three verses or whatever. And then it changes and then it's on the wrong one. And then it's like, the person's not paying attention and the lyrics doesn't get changed. <laughs> like, yes, we know. Yeah. Um, cool. Is that everyone good with that? Sweet. Step seven, pray as a team when your practice is done. I know it sounds like I'm saying pray a lot. I want you to pray a lot. I will tell you that the unity that I've discovered uh, the, the church that I was going to for a long time, the disunity that we had in our service, and then by simply not even doing a lot of this, we just added prayer into when we met at the beginning. So like we prayed as a team, like I said earlier, then we prayed at the end of this, and then we pray, pray, pray. We prayed in all these different locations, and just the unity that came from that just was unmeasurable. Um, so yeah, so step seven, pray with your team when you get done. And that is AV team, worship team come together, they pray together, they pray over the set, they thank God for everything, like all those kind of things. So basic things. Step number eight, check pastor's mic in slides. Make sure they all work and look good for live stream and in person. I cannot tell you how many times I've had a slide that I have not checked 
and it's supposed to have a weird animation in it, and the animation doesn't work, or the animation is covering something, or something along those lines, check everything. Just go through, like, there's 25 slides, just click on all 25 real quick, make sure that they all are formatted correctly, they're not all weird, make sure you can read them on live stream, make the changes you need to, those type of things. Check pastor's mic, check pastor's mic, check pastor's mic. Did I mention checking pastor's mic? Okay, never, never, never assume because it works every week that it's gonna work every week. <laughs> um, I've been in too many situations where I didn't check pastor's mic and didn't realize that the youth group was in there and changed all the EQ. And it is EQ'd for a 12 year old boy and pastor's a bass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, just check it, make sure it sounds good, make sure it doesn't sound wonky, super simple, usually takes five seconds to check it, make sure A, it's working, make sure the connections aren't loose. A lot of microphones have the connectors that unscrew so you can plug them into the different microphone systems, and a lot of times that crackling will come from that connector just coming loose. And when you're unplugging it and plugging it in, it comes loose. So super simple, check pastor's mic. Did I mention the check pastor's mic? After they put it on. Huh? After they put it on. Yes. Put it on your head. Well, no, after the pastor has it on. Oh, yeah, and check it again, yes. Yeah. Um, check it before you give it to him, too. Um, step 8B, check all the videos. Do you know why I'm, at, why I'm saying this? Take a guess. What do you think? They, well, that's one of them. What's the other reason? There you go. What's, what's, another, what's, the, what's another thing about the audio? Hi, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for joining us! <laughs> I've had so many times where we played two videos back to back and there one's way here and the other one's way here and we didn't check them and no one knows and then the sound guy is scrambling because he's not paying attention because he's trying to get past his mics on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's like, it, hey, check and make sure that they A, work, <laughs> make sure that they have audio, make sure that the audio levels, you know where they're supposed to be. Uh, in ProPresenter and Proclaim and a lot of those softwares, the, you have volume adjustments in there so that you don't have to do them on the sound console. Um, that only works so much, but then just that way you can kind of, like as the audio person, you can say, okay, this has to be at negative 20, this one has to be at negative five. And then that way, like when the video is transitioning, you can just kind of pull that down and it's, it's kind of good to go. Everything's okay, I was just shouting for my example. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in PowerPoint, that's a little bit more difficult because you don't have those volume controls, but just... We, we just switched. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, and that YouTube has a volume control, so that's good. Um, perfect. No, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's also wise. Or pay for YouTube Red. Yeah. We usually play the whole thing, so all we have to do is hit. Nice, so it's like all buffered? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, did I mention that you should check all your slides and make sure that they look right? And all the verses are in there? Uh, per preferably, I like to demand pastor give them to me no later than 48 hours before Sunday morning, um, just because I'm the one putting them up there. So you want them up there, give them to me 48 hours before. <laughs> Yeah, and then he gives me the right slides. I mean, I'm always like, so the church I'm at right now, like we've kind of fought back and forth because we don't have a pastor. We have a speaking team. So we have like four or five people that speak. 
Uh, and some of the pushback is like, well, you know, I don't know, and I don't know. And it's like, I'm like, I'm always willing to change things. I'd rather pastor go, hey, here's my 12 verses I'm going to use. And then Sunday morning go, hey, I'm not going to do the Deuteronomy one. I'm going to actually do this Joshua one and said, can you add that in there? Like, I'm cool with that. What I don't want to be doing is we've got five minutes and I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. You want me to highlight it and change it yellow? Okay, which part? This part? No, that part? Okay, cool. You know, like, I just don't want to do that. Like, because that makes me like, well, I didn't get to check all these other things that I'm supposed to check. And now I'm frustrated with you. And then our unity gets broken because I'm frustrated with you and you do it all the time. You know, that stuff happening on occasion, not the end of the world. I may be frustrated in the moment, but I'm not going to be perpetually frustrated uh, type thought process, if that makes sense. Are you the senior pastor? Yes. Okay. I have been known to do my slides Sunday morning. I also work full-time, too. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, did I mention check all your graphics in your live streams? Okay, cool. Just making sure. I want to make sure. I had them in here multiple times just because I want to remind you guys. So, um, All right. So step nine, do a full-team meeting, including everyone. That's worship, tech, greeters, ushers, everyone. If you can get everyone together reasonably, now I know that that sometimes is not 100% possible. I want to try and pull everyone together as much as we possibly can. And if that means a couple of people have to get left out periodically, that's fine. But again, I want you to pray with the entire team so that we have unity as a church. We are doing this. This is how it's going. And then also being able to give the full service flow. Hey, Four songs of worship up front. Then we're going to do offering. Then we're going to do announcements. And then Susie's going to come up and make the special children's ministry announcement that she wants to do really bad. And then pastor's going to come up. That way there's no confusion. Everyone knows what's going on and everyone has a plan. Um, and again, that comes back to that one person that is in charge of being able to dictate that. So it's like, well, no, we're like, I didn't know that was happening, you know, like, so it shouldn't have happened type thing. Um, how many people think that's possible for them to get that whole group together? Why don't you think it's possible? They don't all arrive? What time do they usually get there? Okay. Okay. So, I mean, this is usually like I would do this part probably like five, ten minutes before service starts. Everyone should be there at that point. Everyone that's a part of the team, not necessarily all the congregants, but like all the team members should be there. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. You raised your hand. You don't think that's possible? You think it is possible? <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, I would just suggest then get as many as you can. You know, obviously, like I said, you know, it's going to be near impossible to get every single person. But as much as unity as we can create by coming together and praying as a team, like, the better. Um, we all good with that? Sweet. What was I? Number 10. Step 10. Leads. Worship, tap, tech, etc. cetera. Um, did I mention that I like to pray a lot? At this point, we're about five, ten minutes before service starts. I would get your worship leader and your tech guy or person together, and we would pray, again, over our teams without our teams being there, a little bit more intimate. And then when we would get done doing that, we would go and find pastor, and then we would pray over pastor. 
Um, so there's kind of two things there. So, I mean, I've, we've prayed together as a team like four or five times at this point in my service flow. Um, and I think that that's just, again, I can't drive that home enough. The unity that creates there, the amount of like, it turns our focus so far away from all of the physical things that are, that we're doing and brings our focus so much to the one who has created everything that is the one that gives us our wisdom, the one that gives us all of our guidance and the passion of why we're even in that building that is insane and you should do it as much as you possibly can. Uh, I don't think anyone here will argue any of that, right? <laughs> um, let's make sure I didn't miss anything on step 10. Cool. Nope. Step 11, be prepared for the spirit to move like we talked earlier uh, and take you away from the plan. But the good thing is, is the plan's there for you to go back to. Mentioned it earlier. I think that, that for me the, as the tech person, that's, all, that's really difficult sometimes to let that happen. Um, for pastors, sometimes it's really hard to let that happen because there's a schedule to keep. Um, but I think as we, especially now, as we've seen like what's, what's going on down, on down at like Asbury, I mean, let's let it flow, you know? And I think that there's a level of like, you know, respect that we talked about earlier that we need to respect some people, you know? And I think some people feel weird that they, you know, we're, we're staying, but that's why I like the idea of worship at the end of service sometimes, because it's like, hey, if we really like felt like this was happening, like we can do more worship at the end. And if ever, you know, people don't want to stay, you know, like they didn't miss message. They didn't miss their tithe. They didn't miss the announcements. And now it's, you know, you can leave and not feel weird about leaving. Like you don't feel like you're walking on service. Um, and that I think is a case by case, church by church basis, how you guys feel. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that, like be prepared. I think that's another step that we just we have to get our minds kind of wrapped around sometimes. Step 12, worship while you work. It's important as tech people, uh, as ushers, stuff like that. It's when I'm running camera, I'm worshiping. There are some times where my hands are out, my camera is not being touched, and I'm just, I'm in it because I'm there for a reason. Now, obviously, there's a point of, like, you can't just be so, like, oblivious that you, you know, aren't doing your job. But, you know, like, when I run sound and I'm running the console and worship is getting getting to me, you'll know it because it's going to be louder than it probably should be. And I'm starting to push the subs a little bit harder. And I'm just like, you know, like, that's just me. And I have to, like, reel myself back in. But, like, that's just kind of how I do it. And, you know, like, I want my, you know, my graphics person to feel like they can raise their hand if they want to and kind of get into it. Um, but yeah, I would really encourage teams to feel that it's okay for them to worship, that they don't have to be so honed in. You know, if lyrics get missed on occasion because they're, you know, distracted by worshiping, I'm not going to be frustrated with that. You know, if it's a perpetual always happens like, okay, listen, like I want you to worship, but I also want you to make sure that everyone else in the room can worship. So, you know, like there is a responsibility we still have. So, um, step 12, wait, no, I just said step 12, uh, step 13, which is the last one, uh, that I have on here, set a place where the spirit was able to move and people can encounter our savior. That's all we're here for. Set a place where we can encounter our God, our savior. That's the main thing of all these things. Do whatever you can to set that atmosphere and make it so that our team and our congregation can both 
worship and not have it just be our congregation that worships. That's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing for me. And that's something that I've had to learn. And honestly, sometimes that makes me tell some of my volunteers that they can't volunteer because they volunteered every single Sunday for the last six months and they need to go sit and pay attention and just worship. Um, I learned that the hard way. Um, I went four years working at a church and I never once sat in a service with my wife. Not healthy, not good. So make sure you're setting an atmosphere where they don't feel like they have to be there and that they can go and do those things and be a part of the congregation and worship as well. That's just the biggest thing. That's everything I have. Any questions that we want to talk about? Concerns? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 100%. So the way we've handled that in the past, because we've done uh, some like activation services where we'll speak about something and then it'll be like kind of an intimate, like you'll see people coming up for maybe things that like they don't want people to know. Uh, so what we've done is we've, again, because we're prepared, we've done the, okay, great, what's going to happen? Okay, so this person's going to speak for 20 minutes, but there's still a whole lot of service that people are expecting if they're watching online. So we've recorded another portion of that. Hey, so you're now watching me instead of so-and-so because we're in this moment of intimacy and this is how we can participate when we're online and all those kind of things. And then there's like that 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever that needs to be of, of that. And that's how we've kind of handled that, you know, especially like if you have a missionary that doesn't want to be seen, like you usually can be pretty prepared for that. I usually ask them ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, I'm very anti-live streaming. Uh, I think that there is a place for it. And I think if you are, you know, places like Elevation and those bigger churches, like, it makes sense. They have a huge online community. Like, I mean, I was watching Elevation a couple weeks ago, and I checked, like, the four different places they stream their service. And there's, like, 80,000 people watching their live stream amongst, like, three different YouTube channels. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's an insane amount. Like, for my church, like, they've been so adamant about live streaming, and I'm like, I don't want to live stream. Like, we have, like, six people that watch it, and I can tell you the six people. And I'm like, I'd rather them be in, in the church and not give them an excuse. I do want to record our services video and then post them so that people can watch them. Yeah. And I think that that's important. Um, my compromise with my church leadership was... How about we record, we'll edit everything, make it look nice and pretty, we'll make the announcements and make the online experience a lot more intentional. Uh, and we will simulate a live stream on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock so that if you do feel like, because there's, you know, there's multiple facets of why people watch online stuff. So it's like some of it's like, hey, we want to see this. Or I found your church and now I'm in town. And like if we're four hours late and they show up at that time because that's when they think you're live and you're not live. You know, so I was like, hey, we'll just, you know, now it's like there's someone looking at the camera saying, thank you so much for joining us online. Here's our three or four announcements, you know, and it's, it's just from three weeks ago. 
you know, type thing. Because, like, those six people that I have, I'm like, it, it's kind of pointless, you know. So, yeah, go ahead. We started doing Facebook Live for our shut-ins. And yeah. one of the things they want is they want to have it at the same time. Yeah. To feel like they're connected with the church and the service. Yeah. So are those shut-ins people that literally at this point just don't come to church at all? Or they come to church like once a month and they want to watch every other? Okay. Yeah. And I would say like, so pre-pandemic, so I do AV integration and I would always ask clients because there's like, there's levels of what I think are okay for live streaming because we'd have people come to us. We want to live stream. Like, let's do this. Like, what do we need? And I'm like, well, you know, like, who are you live streaming for? Is it the shut-ins? Like there's the one or two people that just want to be a part of it. Like it doesn't need to be super high production. Well, we could do that. We can throw a camera in the back and, you know, make it good, uh, good enough for that situation. You know, hey, our, you know, cause I literally had a church that was like, so we got like a $30,000 budget for this live stream. I was like, oh, cool. Thinking that like, they're going big, like, because they have big plans. And then as I'm talking with them, they're like, yeah, we got like four or five people that get sick like every couple months and we want a live stream for them. And I'm like, and we're going to spend $30,000 on that? I was like, that seems like not being a good steward in my opinion. Uh, and I talked them down to like $6,000. <laughs> so, um, but then there's the people that like, and this is a like a whole nother topic that we're kind of diving down now, but um I'm huge into YouTube, and I think that YouTube is probably one of the most underutilized tools uh, from the church. And when you get flagged for copyright issues and you don't take care of those, the YouTube algorithm does not want to push you because you're breaking their rules. And there are people that are like, who cares? Like, we're not trying to reach people on YouTube. And I'm like, then why are you on YouTube? Why'd you spend that money on this? That seems kind of silly. Um, so like, yeah, in your scenario, you got some shut-ins, they want to be part of that. Yeah, like throw up a camera so you can have Facebook, like that's fine. But I mean, most people aren't using it that way. Most people are trying to be a TV show or of some sort. Um, and I just, I think that it, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that everything we should do should have intention. And I think that community is the biggest thing. And I think with the pandemic locking us all up, it became easy for us to be uh, segregated by ourselves and isolated. And I think that that's a, a pretty big tool of the enemy for people. Uh, and I don't really want to perpetuate that, but I do want to use the greatest tool to mankind for communication and connectivity. So, um, there's a podcast I listen to, their philosophy is, we're in the biggest communication shift we've seen in 500 years. How do we navigate this? So it's like, it's that delicate balance of, you know, Paul wrote the most influential books of the Bible from a prison cell on paper. We have the internet, you know, like we've got to be able to spread the word, you know, <laughs> drastically. Um, but again, that's a whole nother topic. Um, 